Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rad Parenting. Joe Sib here on the phone with my co-host, Anea Bogue. Anea, how are you? Pretty great. Pretty, pretty uh, at the end of my voice, but I'm going to dig deep to do this. Well, I appreciate it so much, and you and I had this discussion. As most of you know, we do tape our shows uh, around Anea's schedule of her traveling with all of her speaking engagements and around my comedy schedule. Uh, unfortunately, with everything that happened in Florida uh, and the school shootings, which are such a tragedy on so many levels, uh, we were hit with a ton of emails from the Rad Parenting community asking us the number one question, Anea, what can we say to our kids, to our children? Uh, and, it, and it spanned on all different ages, Anea. It was high schoolers all the way to, obviously, uh, younger kids, you know, first, second, and third grade. But the overall question that we got hit up with, Anea, over and over, and that's why I wanted you to get on the phone today, Uh, and talk about it was just what can we say to our children that are feeling so vulnerable and scared to go to school? Yeah, and I think that that is actually how a lot of kids are processing this is uh, is how do we feel safe continuing to go to school? And um, there are, you know, I think today if we can just even cover like three basics to get parents started and then as you said, we can dive a little deeper the next time um, we, we uh, take on this topic, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Um, so first and foremost, and, and you all have heard me say this before, whenever we're going to tackle an issue with our kids that's going to involve big feelings um, and has high stakes, which this absolutely does, it's really important that the first thing we do is our own processing, that we get ourselves right. We check in with our own feelings. We speak to our partner or our friends. And kind of do that initial um, first pass at, like, whether it's, you know, having a big emotional dump, like, oh, my gosh, this the sadness that I'm feeling, the anger that I'm feeling, whatever that is. Because it's really important that by the time you are sitting down to have a conversation with your kids, and it generally needs to be fairly timely, like, they're, they're, I'm sure they're happening right now. Um, it's important that by the time you're having that conversation with your child, whatever their age, that you are in a more grounded space. You're not still in that super like charged emotional space when you're talking to your child. So, so basically what you're saying is at the, at the immediate response that you have, uh, of course, with this situation in Florida, uh, that's not the time to tackle sitting down with your kids and going, oh my gosh. And you're basically at the same time they're taking it in, are figuring out what to say and how, uh, and how to... Uh, get your head around it in front of them. You're saying, hey, step back with your partner, take a moment to, to digest, and almost it sounds like you're saying have a plan uh, when you sit down with your kids. Exactly, because here's the thing. Our kids, part of what helps them feel safe, and, and you know that I'm also a big advocate for letting, letting our kids see our humanity. So this is not like, you know, if you, if you break down talking about it, if you have an emotional reaction, that, it, that does not mean, oh, okay, all bets are off, you've completely screwed up. Not at all. Because it is also important that our kids see that we're human and that we also have big feelings. But with a, a topic, with an issue, a situation that is so charged, especially with fear, what our kids need is to feel our energy in a pretty solid place by the time we're speaking to them. So still showing compassion for and, and speaking to your compassion for the victims, for the survivors, for their families, but being able to kind of hold a space where the kids feel like they can safely have their supercharged 
emotional dump and feel like they're held in um, instability, in like sort of on solid ground, if you will. Anea, I really appreciate you. You know, once again, uh, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, because I know we have a lot of listeners that are are tuning in. Because recently we were we were featured on iTunes front page, and we have so many new listeners. Uh, the reason Anea is on a phone uh, and not in the studio with me is we both felt it was super important to get together and have this dialogue and this conversation based on uh, what basically happened in Florida uh, a few weeks back. Uh, those kids recently. Uh, back to school in Florida today. They're starting out with half days, uh, which I can't imagine what's going through their heads. I got to ask you, Anea, being a parent, you and I throw it to each other a lot in your in your scenario. And what did you tell your youngest when this happened? Well, mostly um, that she that I understood her fear first and foremost, and that would be my second tip: is it's really important that whatever feelings your child happens to be expressing that you're acknowledging you're acknowledging that the feelings that they're having are natural that this is um you know something that even to imagine it being um a a a reality in their school is terrifying and that to whether they're big feelings about having compassion for the kids who they know have suffered this tremendous trauma or it's feelings of fear, is this going to happen to me, is it going to happen at my school, is it safe for me to go to school, that we start with acknowledging, and that's exactly what I did with my daughter when she came to me, was I said, I know, I hear you, I've, I've had a lot of the same feelings, um, and it is scary. That being said, know that I will do everything I can to be checking in with your school and making sure that they continue to have measures in place to make it very difficult for a stranger to get on the campus. Now, in this particular shooting, and she doesn't know all the details, which, again, it should be age-appropriate. So I didn't need to say to her at the age of nine, um, you know, but just so you know, you know, it actually was a student at the school, and that's how he got onto campus. Um, I focused on things like, you know, how the big blue double doors lock once you all are in for the day. That's part of the reason is so that they know at the office any stranger that might come onto, the ca- onto campus that could potentially do you harm. Anea, uh, really quick. We've talked about it on shows before, but I think it's important you just touched on it briefly because I know we have listeners that have kids in high school. I know we have listeners that have toddlers. We have uh, kids that are preschool, et cetera. You touched on uh, age appropriate. Can you can you go into that a little bit for me? Because that I think that's real important. Sure. Um, and you know, actually, what I'll what I'll further qualify that and say, um, as I have with other topics, that what makes conversation age appropriate has less to do with you know some chart that we could make available that says if your kid is from you know two to five, do this. If your kid is from, you know, six to eight, do this. It has less to do with that and much more to do with allowing your child's questions to guide you. And the reason for that is their questions will indicate to you how much they know. So part of this process has to be, um, you know, if if your kid, you know, whatever their age says, you know, I, I really want to talk about what happened you know, with the school shooting, you know, my first response would be, I, I understand. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's been a, a, a really big deal. Um, and I'd be happy to talk with you about it. Do you have specific questions or there's specific concerns so that you're opening it up and you're allowing them by the questions they ask or the statements they make, it will indicate how much they know. 
And what I don't think, especially in the early, early days and weeks after um, a really enormous tragedy like this, that um, that is the time to fully download all the details or all the like things that you could do. You really want to just at that moment in the early days be focusing on um, information that they're putting on the table and you're addressing those specific questions, those specific concerns. And what will likely happen is over the course of weeks, especially if they have access to media, which I would also recommend that you try to limit significantly in your home because we know that the media tends to, you know, want to sensationalize. Um, They assume that they're playing to an adult audience, which they generally are. But I would limit the media coverage in your house. Let your kids' questions dictate, like, you know, and their age will be largely in in, uh, relation to that. But is to... um, down the road, as they continue to process, then you can have bigger talk. You can refer back to the actual tragedy and talk about it in, in other layers that maybe they haven't thought about yet that you feel are important. I love it. I love it, Anea. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break for our sponsor real quick. Back on the phone with Anea, uh, a special episode of Rad Parenting uh, that we're doing via phone. Anea's up in Oakland. I'm here in the studio, uh, Rad Parenting in Los Angeles. We're going to hear from our sponsor. Uh, we'll be right back after this. All right, Rad Parenting, Joe Sib here on the phone with Anea Bogue. And as I said earlier, if you're listening to our show for the first time, phone call uh, time with Anea, it isn't something that we do. But both Anea and I were uh, discussing while she was out on the road everything that happened in Florida. And it really came down to the listeners that have emailed us uh, emails that were saying the same thing over and over. What do I say to my son or daughter? How do my partner and I tackle what is going on? You've said a lot of great things uh, already, Anea, that I love, that I wrote down, just acknowledging the fear, um, being very careful with the amount of media that's allowed uh, around your kids while this is going on. Also, having them tell you what they know about it uh, that kind of gauges how much you can talk to them about it. Obviously, that would be, uh, I think, measured by their age. Uh, I want to share with you, Anea, that And this was something you and I talked on the phone. As you know, uh, my son, Nate, has experienced night terrors uh, and grateful uh, grateful that they've gone away. After this shooting, we had one of the worst, uh, he had one of the worst nightmares, night terror, whole nine yards. Uh, And that was kind of what prompted me to reach out to you because I was in the same boat as our listeners saying, what am I, what am I going to do? The question that I have for you, Anaya, is is in the bigger picture how do we keep that you know you you hear me talk about it all the time pma positive mental attitude and, and just getting up in the morning and, and going okay you know what today's going to be a better day for the first time ever I, i'm feeling that that you know kids are starting to, to question that does that make sense what i'm asking you it does. You mean, I, I, just to be clear, I think what you mean is that, like, when, you know, when you're trying to say, you know, got to have a positive mental attitude, let's look at the, let's look at all the good, let's look at the things that we're grateful for, and then something like this happens, and it's sort of like, really? How do we, how do we hold that space? Exactly. You, you got it, Anaya. You got it. Yeah. So, so I, I would say that, um, as with many things, um, believe it or not, there, there is almost always a silver lining. And what I would point to, especially if your kids are understandably struggling to be like, where is the good in the world? Um, Bad things happen in the world. That's a fact. Um, This is an opportunity. And I I would point my kids, and I have, in the direction of 
look at the extraordinary young people that are finding their voices, that are stepping up and taking on the adults in this country who are the lawmakers, who are the ones that are supposed to have it all figured out, who are supposed to be acting on behalf of, of, of all of us, including our youth. Look at the courage that these young people are demonstrating that may not, that might not have been awakened had it not been for this tragedy. And I think it's really about not saying like, so that justifies this really bad thing that goes on, but just that the reality is we frequently do not have control over what happens to us in life. And that could be anything as simple as, you know, we failed a test, somebody's bullying us at school, a member of our family got sick or had an accident. But what we do have control over is how we respond to things that happen either in our immediate life or out in the world that really rock our sense of the good in the world or our senses, there, there being a sense of decency or safety or whatever. And, and that, I think, the easy thing to point to in this particular case to shed light on that is look at how these kids are responding in the face of being terrorized, in the face of being uh, disillusioned with, you know, the laws in this country, some of the choices that are being made by adults in positions of power, um, and, and encourage that as a point of reference for them to make similar choices about how they respond to adversity in their own lives. Yeah, right there, Nea, like uh, you, you finding that silver lining, I... I hadn't really thought of that until until right now when you said that, and obviously um, all of the the kids that have ste stepped forward, all of the videos we've seen of um, the kids that are involved with the tragedy in Florida and around the the United States, speaking up and around the world, people speaking up. And you're right that that right there, I hadn't really hadn't really thought of that. Uh, that that is true. Um, I know that. Uh, you know, I don't want to keep our listeners listening to you and I back and forth on the phone. Uh, but if it's cool with you, Anea, when you get back, um, we'll tackle this. And I know that there was um, a couple of experts that you wanted to bring in that could even have a couple more um, ideas. And as I always say, tools for the toolbox uh, when we're dealing with uh, these type of issues. And for all the parents out there just learning uh, different ways to approach and to tackle uh, this topic that unfortunately uh, is being something that's brought into our children's lives, uh, unfortunately, daily, it feels like. It just feels like it's going on and on, at least since you and I started doing this podcast. Um, it feels like we've had this conversation way too many times. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate it, Nea. Um, thanks for taking care of your voice. Did the Oliveira juice that I told you to drink make a difference? Uh, it did. It did. That and a lot of um, hot water with honey and lemon. I've been nursing my voice. I'm amazed that I got through. This is my sixth day of, uh, of speaking, 12 90-minute or so presentations in six days. So, wow. Yeah, I'm ready to wrap it up and get on a plane, which is what I'm going to do in a moment. I'm going to rush to the airport, but I'm, I'm really thrilled that we got a chance to, to talk about this briefly. And, and I would, you know, the other thing I would say to parents is, you know, in the interim of, of us, you know, doing our next, uh, show um, to, to further discuss this topic. There's some really great thinkers out there. Jackson Katz, um, you know, uh, a, a colleague who I have enormous respect for, talks at length. You can find him on YouTube. Um, and a lot of the things that he's written about, uh, you know, how the way that we're raising boys and men is a factor in this, as an example. Um, and then there's a lot of other really great uh, thinkers out there that have ideas about why this keeps happening and what we can do as parents, as individuals, 
to ensure that it doesn't happen again or to make our best efforts at the very least. So I'd also encourage parents to take a look at some of the uh, resources that are out there. And what we'll um, do, uh, if you go to our Facebook page, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, Rad Parenting, uh, go to our Facebook page, we will have uh, one of those videos that Anea just mentioned up there so you can start there and then dive into uh, more information like that. Anea, thank you so much for getting on the phone with me. I really appreciate it. I just felt it was super important. And um, yeah, I just, I know that your voice and everything getting to the airport, I don't want you to miss your flight. So I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much. And my pleasure as always. So. All right, Anea, when I see you we'll, ha- we'll have a different episode and it'll, it'll be more positive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Be well. Bye. There you go. Anea Bogue on her way to the airport. Hopefully she will make the flight. We both felt it was super important to have this conversation today. If you're a new listener and you're listening to the show, know that we normally, that's the first time we've ever had Anea call in on the phone. But like I said, we felt it was too important of a conversation to wait any longer to have. I want to thank all of our new listeners to Rad Parenting. If you just discovered us on the front page of iTunes, welcome to the Rad Parenting community. Hey, take a second and hit us an email, radparenting at gmail.com. Or you can send us a text. Text the word parenting to 3131. 31. And if you want, you could write a review about the show on iTunes. That would be awesome because those reviews keep us in front of more eyeballs so people discover the show. All right, my name is Joe Sim for Nea Bogue. We're both out of here. Late! <laughs>